This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Public School Board. Check out all the dates for their virtual open houses. Get ready to take the guesswork out of choosing a school. Go to an Edmonton Public Schools virtual open house. Ask your questions to learn about their schools and programs and find the one that feels right. All from the comfort of home. Find virtual event dates and learn how to make the most out of your online visit at openhouse.epsb.ca. Know before you go and feel confident and excited when you get there. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another, and another, and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody, light me up. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. We are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and welcome into the district as we have a great show for you tonight with a wonderful guest. But first, we will introduce the regular gang, starting with the one and only super fan, Mike. There he is. Gotta give him up. Bye. There's the Gentlers. Lovely. Yep. How are you doing, Superfan? I'm all right. It's been, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been a week. What can it's, we say? <laughs> it's been, apparently Chris Agars is dubbing you the '70s Cylon, so that's nice. Well, that's Good to have a nickname one. finally. That's yeah. Well, I've been we're, we're trying to get one for a long time. So Cylon fine. Andrew, you're done. Yeah. It's awesome. Wonderful. Search is over. <laughs> um, hey, you had a fun chat this week with uh, a certain president, it sounded like you got to know yes. him. Yes. Yes. Not the, not the president of Ukraine, which would be amazing. That would um, also be amazing. Yes. Yes. But no, uh, Victor QE uh, reached out to me uh, just to talk about maybe some possible synergies and maybe a collaboration going on. So we had a, a little chat, probably about five minutes and... I've sent him off some stuff, and we'll see. You never know. Oh man, that's awesome! That is so cool. That's nice. Lots to hear of great energy for sure. Oh yeah, and yeah, no better guy to talk to about elks than you, man. So that's a, yeah. that's a good thing. Um, guess who else is back this week? Super fan. Who is back? Oh, it's the one and only Commissioner Kayla. How are hey. you, Commissioner? Hey, you know I I uh... same as Mike. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a week. It's been a month. Let's be honest. It's been a month. Well, we, we missed you two weeks ago, and I'm glad that you're back so that we can chat and catch up and all those fun you things. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to let the, the boys have their full reign and uh, go hard and give me give, give old sis a break sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a lot to handle sometimes. So. Yeah, well, uh, people say that about me a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, let's, uh, let's get to our guest. Actually, before we get to our guest, very quickly, I do want to give a shout out to uh, GB McDaniels. Um, he did the caricatures for our opening theme. Yes. Um, but he also did a Star Trek theme uh, <clears throat> post for us today that said what? that... You did not see this. I even tagged you. You got to go see it. It's fantastic. When am I ever that, on Twitter? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> we are going to new frontiers um, uh, as the Edmonton Elks and through the Turf District. Uh, it's awesome. Um, thank you so much, uh, GB. Joining us tonight, former Golden Bears um, uh, player and, of course, uh, you know, a good way to uh, throw down some smack talk against Mark Cordy last week, which we really appreciate. Uh, it is the one and only Ed L. Nicky. How are you? Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. I am really excited to be here. I 
listened to the interview last week with Mark. It was awesome. I always love listening to my friends, like people who've grown up with um, chatting, chatting football and talking about their professional life. And it's cool to, it's cool to have a bit of a different perspective on it now, you know, a few years removed from the game. So really excited to chat. It's a, it's a really cool community of fans that we have for Edmonton football. So excited to talk about it a bit more. Absolutely. And and we love having you on. We got lots of stuff to chat with. Now, the first question, of course, I need to throw by you is uh, Paul needs to know how you're doing since you left Payline, because that's important. Um, and if you're, if you're less, less, less recognized now, now that you've left Payline, I told him I'd get the question in for him. Uh, but <laughs> what I do want to chat with you about is... Um, you, the, you had a, a thread on Twitter in November about what the team should do and, and where things should go and, and that type of thing. And it was amazing. And uh, I do want to absolutely talk about that. Um, but before we get that there, I, I want to talk about what you've been up to since your playing days, because you said you're a couple years removed. And wh- what are you up to now? Yeah, yeah it's been it's a really interesting journey in sport. And there's, I'm sure there's tons of people out there that can relate to this, but um, going from the competitive environments of like university football, where you get there 18 years old, you know, I was, that was my world, you know, it was school, it was everything we were doing as a team. And um, I was lucky enough to like get to try and pursue that professionally for a little bit out in Ottawa with Red Blacks in 17, 18. And then coming home from that and deciding to move on from football and what does life look like after that? I spent a bit of time working, um, kind of in the financial tech space a little bit. And then I got an opportunity to join Rugby Canada's training academy. So I was actually out in Victoria for about a year with the development team in in learning a brand new sport, had never touched a rugby ball before. Um, But it was really cool to see how it translated. And now um, I'm back working in the technology industry and I've stepped away from the sports like for good this time, I really think. But um, yeah, it's a really interesting experience. And I think a lot of athletes... I think some athletes really, really struggle with it. I was lucky that I had a really great support system that had my back. And there was always kind of, there was a lot of conversation about what does life look after, look like after fall or look like after sport. And uh, I think it's something that can be really, really hard for people. So I just, I just hope that maybe that's relatable for people out there, but yeah, it's been really interesting to see how it applies and stuff I learned back then and how it applies now to my day-to-day life and relationships, work, just getting a little bit older, moving into that next stage, right? You know, it's funny when you say getting a little bit older as you're on the call with us, but, uh, you know, it's uh, easily, easily 10 years younger than me. But anyway, okay. Um, that's okay. It, 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 these are all steps. These are all steps. Uh, go ahead, Rufan. I stepped on your toes there. It's all good. I was going to say I can sort of relate to the going from one industry into the tech side of things, but um one thing we love to talk about when people come onto the show is sort of learning about their history with football. So who introduced sure. you to football and, and when did you start playing? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town, Alberta. I was in born in Wainwright and we moved to St. Paul and moved to the Edmonton area outside in Spruce Grove when I was about nine years old and didn't have the opportunity to play the community football until we moved there. My dad had played back in the day, we played high school football, played a little bit of junior football with the Huskies here in the city. Um, and I always had, you know, a family that recommended me trying out the game. I was a kid that was shaped a little bit more for football than for uh, basketball, I'll say. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I met a really great group of friends that were already playing when we moved here and I started grade school with them. So I was about 10 years old when I first got into it and had just a great run with some of those guys got to play with a few of them all the way through to university you know we competed for high school provincial championships that sort of thing in spruce grove and then i made the steps right to football um right out of high school or right out to university of alberta football right out of high school so yeah better part of like 12 years of my life and um it was it's really cool to reflect on that it's been that big a chunk of my life now you know 26 years old and how much of my time I really dedicated to the sport but that's where it all started um and my first elks game I was thinking about this earlier I think it was right around when right after the gray cup win I believe in 2005 I think it was 2006 was my first time attending a game in person and I'll remember that my dad took me he'd gone to games when he was growing up in the city and first time going and just seeing a stadium packed full of people is a really cool experience Oh, that's a lot of fun. I think mine was the first 
around that time too. I think it was like 2006 or seven though. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a late bloomer, but, <laughs> I, but tell us um, about your playing days with the golden bears and winning the heck Crichton ward. Yeah, totally. Uh, brilliant experience. I can't look back on that time of my life fondly enough. You know, the number of lessons I learned being entrusted by my teammates and my, our coaches, like with a captaincy role, having the opportunity to, you know, really take on a leadership position. I think there's so many young athletes that kind of get thrust into that stuff. And I think our whole team did a really good job of putting people in a position to be successful and trying to mentor people through that. Um, whole experience was amazing. Like some really hard years when I first started 2013, the team had gone winless for two seasons in a row, brand new coaching staff, a lot of new players. You know, the team was in a very poor spot whether it was kind of academically on the field how we were looked upon in the community more broadly and those were all things that we just got to prioritize and work at and we were a young team a lot of us got to play if we would played at other schools and have gotten to play as quickly and as competitive a division as can west and i was just really grateful to get to do that it was hard i think a lot of us expected things to improve much faster than they did but Finally, really pulled some stuff together in my last year, which was such a great way to cap things off. I just come back from training camp in Ottawa, gotten to experience the game at that speed and at that level, what it takes to you know learn fast enough in a in the film room and that sort of thing, and bring some of those lessons back, and just truly got to put everything I had into the, those last eight games that I had with my team here in Edmonton. Um, so special. I had a fantastic offensive line to play in front of Mark Cordy, one of being one of those players, Justin Lawrence, a few of the, yeah, just a fantastic group to play in front of or play behind. And, um, just had the trust of my teammates to, to carry the ball when it mattered, make a couple mistakes. And they still had faith in me. And we were able to just put something really, really cool together and run the ball a lot more than you see teams do in the can West. I think we're about a 50, 50 run pass team, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and yeah, what a way to cap off a university football experience by getting to go out to or get go out to Hamilton, watch the Vanier for the first time in person, and get awarded that, and be able to look look upon my five years of time that I put in with the team, all the teammates that had helped contribute to that, and got to celebrate it with them just as much as I got to celebrate it, you know, with my family and kind of looking upon what I'd done individually. So, really Thank special. Um, yeah, just a something I'll never forget. It'll be with me for the rest of my life for sure. That that's amazing. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I uh I, I I never got that, you know, that high school or university sport. So I, I always love to listen to those stories and kind of live through that moment. And uh and I remember that year watching some of the Golden Bears games and I mean you just running all over the field like it was it was We ran uh, the ball was, so much, guys. It was but, wild. But didn't you rush for some ridiculous amount of yards that year? Like it was like We yeah, we set a record, like myself individually. I say we because it's every running yeah. back knows it's your offensive line's contributions too. We ran for um I believe just like 1400 like 1460 yards which was a, is a can west record i believe today for the conference and like one of the better like i i think i don't know what the number is like as our team rushing running the ball but i think it had to have been a pretty pretty uh high mark for a conference season put together overall so yeah it was it was awesome i got to touch the ball more than a lot of athletes i had a couple games where i touched the ball i think 50 times which just Jeez. is unheard of oh, <laughs> in the modern God. era of football. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, now talking about that note, um, how do you feel or, or, yeah, I guess, how do you feel about the upcoming doubleheader that's going to happen between yeah. the Golden Bears early? Well, not between Golden Bears earlier in the day and then Elks later in the day. I, I know we talked about it last week with Mark and we thought this is, this is going to be awesome. Like, yeah. two tailgates come on like that's exciting all <laughs> exactly. on its own but, but two amazing football games and everybody wearing green and gold I, I what did you feel about when they announced that so pumped like such an it seemed like such an easy thing and it was amazing to me to see this numbers about how long it had been since the last time the organizations did something like that um i know mark talked about this when he was on you know, it, it's a really special partnership. It's something that a lot of players look very fondly upon that I played with of just how close knit our organizations were. You know, Chris Morris, long time, long time member of the club here. Um, and just like what he brought, like things that he knew were, you know, legacy builders, stuff that he wanted to be part of the program there. And 
brought that over to U of A from, from Edmonton football. And also just knowing that it would be a little bit different when you're talking about student athletes, but such a cool experience. And I know that there's this whole subset of, of athletes that I've played with and people that have been around university sport and university football for a long time in Canada, those years when the Vanier was on the Friday night of Grey Cup weekend and how special that was that first year they did it when Laval and McMaster went to double overtime on the Friday night, like one of the best university football games ever played in Canada. And how cool is it to see that partnership continue and hopefully reignite and I would love to. I'd love to see Vanier and Grey Cup played on the same weekend every year, yes. and I would love to see every club team, you know, every every CFL team partner up with their with our local team and do some stuff like that. So I just hope it's. I hope it's an awesome experience. I hope it's a great chance to showcase Commonwealth Stadium as like a place to be, not just like a place to go watch a football game. You know, hopefully it's a cool event and atmosphere around it that day. And yeah, I'm. I can't wait. Can't wait to be there. I was just going to say, are you going to come? I hope so, because uh, oh, you know, without question, there, there, yeah. there will the be moment. spot at both tailgates for you to come. So we'll be, we'll be <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be super cool. It's going to be super cool. Feed up, come get some uh, grub. Um, right. We've had a uh, uh, other former Golden Bears on uh, a good friend of ours, Boyd Plandowski, played a year or two before you, or or twenty, um, but. <laughs> We've got to get a little shot in him, boy, once in a while. Uh, one thing that he and I have always talked about is he doesn't really have anything from his playing days, um, whether they were just never picked up or were lost from ex-girlfriends, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything from your playing days, or are there any Elks items you're connected to? Yeah, some gear. I have a couple. I have my jersey. I don't know if everyone can see nice. this. Podcast listeners can't. I have my uh, team jersey that... Are, we were lucky enough. A lot of the fifth-year players get their numbers shadow boxed by the team, and I've been able to keep nice. that. It's a very bulky item to move around with, but it's a really cool thing to have. Um, another one that is really cool—it's on my shelf back here, just behind me. Um, we most of our graduating players get a like a memorable kind of like a replica ball that just has some statistics from their career, you know, different contributions at a career level. And um, our teammates designate kind of the top three words that they would associate with each player, which is a really, really cool tradition we have. Um, It's a really memorable thing. So I don't have as many, I don't have as many gym t-shirts as I used to. Those kind of got, (laughs) those kind of find their way into the laundry and never come out. But a couple of keepsakes that are things that I'll have for the rest of my life for sure. That's amazing. So obviously, Elks fan, or I would assume it would be blasphemy to play for the green and gold and not cheer for the green and gold. So we're going to assume that. Yeah. Um, Did you have a favorite player in the past from the Elks? Yes. Um, So my first number uh, when I started playing football was number 53. And that was because the player at the time was Joe Monford, who had just moved over from Hamilton and played. I don't I think he was only in Edmonton for a few years, but such a presence to watch play football. Um, just like the motor, like one of those things that I remember being in the stands and my dad, like pointing him out and being like, this is somebody who knows how to play football at a high level, at a high tempo and just bring it. Um, that was, he was definitely a player that really piqued my interest from the get go. Um, and now, now I've just got a roster of like former teammates that I have to pick up all their jerseys for, right? So I'm waiting to see what the new uniform reveal looks like this week so I can pick out some new gear. But really lucky to be able to look to those guys and, and say, know that I was a part of them kind of growing and seeing them do that and now getting them to play at the level they're doing. It's a really special feeling for me. Yeah. Oh man, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I want to talk about that reveal in a sec, but I, I, I want to get into this, this Twitter thread cause okay. I, and I, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase some of it. And for those of you that are having problems hearing my mic, I'm sorry, but it, I, I promise you it was really good. And it was, uh, it came out <laughs> in, uh, about the third week of November. And, and one of the, so I'm, I'm going to paraphrase most of it here, but number one priority was season ticket holders. Why season ticket holders? They're your recurring revenue, repeat business, most valuable market, whatever term you want to use to describe it. They are the most valuable and engaged fans. And in a gate-driven league like the CFL, they are your lifeline. 
Every decision the Elks make for the 2022 season should have season ticket holder experience at the top of the criteria list. With family that fit in this group right now, I've noticed more and more that there is no, and I'm going to put it in quotes here, benefit mm-hmm. to being a season ticket holder anymore. Whether that's true or not to the team, but that's kind of what it feels like. Uh, but the, the goal is to make tonight at Commonwealth undeniably at the forefront of everyone's mind. Big, loud, joyous crowd at every game. And as I read that, having been a season ticket holder for 20 years, <laughs> I, I definitely related to it. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about what, what your thought is on that as far as... as why you felt that was so important and, and some of the things that you think the team might be looking at as far as season ticket holders are concerned. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's a really good question. It's something that just stood around in my mind for a long time. You know, people we've talked about, I've talked with friends about the CFL and like what it is versus what it's not for a really long time. And, you know, friends that are nostalgic about having been to Commonwealth in the early 2000s with 50,000 people in the stands, you know what I mean? And what's different, what's changed. And the more I think about it, I, I just think it's such a, the league is changing so much and like entertainment is changing so much. And I'm really fortunate that I, I work in an industry where like all this stuff is really top of mind. Like what is the latest in, innovation? What's different? Like what is somebody doing this week that they weren't doing last week? And I think it's a really hard thing to balance in sports because there's this nostalgia. Like, Mike, you've been a fan of the team for decades, right? Like, a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, there's this really fine <laughs> balance of like, how do we take care of the things that matter still to this day from what we once did and what matters tomorrow? And how do we engage, like, who's our new audience? Like, you can't just engage, you can't just make the perfect experience for one small subset of people but within that your like i said your season ticket holders are your most valuable piece of your business right as a trying to run a successful sports franchise you, you need to take care of the people that are the most valuable that buy their tickets first that buy the most gear all of those pieces so like where do you prioritize that stuff so anyways that just was kind of like a a lens for me thinking about all this stuff and the more I thought about it, it's like the football piece is going to get taken care of. Like I knew that was going to get handled. The bringing in a new coach, bringing in a GM, like the team's going to win games. And then that's one thing that's really important to season Mm -hmm. ticket holders. But how do you make Commonwealth feel like that place that it was 20 years ago? You've got a full house. You've got this huge stadium, right? And and it's, it's possible to fill it in Edmonton. We saw that with the world cup soccer qualifying games in the, in the winter right? It's possible to get people out to those games in November. So how do you just frame everything to like make that place a destination for people and make that the number one experience? And I think a lot of season ticket holders, even if there's 20,000 people in the stands who, you know, they haven't been lifelong Edmonton football fans, they just want to be there to have a good time. I still think that's a better environment. So that's kind of where it all stemmed from. And just like talking with other people, talking people around sports, uh, talking people are fans of other leagues and what they like about them and just trying to come up with some ideas and put it all out there. Cause sometimes just like writing it down helps you process it. And I was glad to hear it related for a lot of people too. Mike, with you being as, as Ed said, you mean, you've, you've been a fan for a long, you've been going to games. Experienced. Like me yeah. For, yeah. Well, there's a reason that we have little whites in here. Um, little. Yeah. It might be because of just a season, but still we have right. whites in there. Um, it's, like like Ed was saying, it we remember those when it was fifty thousand like all the time, when it was hard to get a ticket to come and mm-hmm. and those types of things. So as Ed is saying those things, how does how do you feel about that? How do you um or or what do you think are the things that you would like to see? Well, I mean, we've talked about making Commonwealth an experience for a while, but I think Ed really sort of hit the nail on the head where he's talking about how everything has changed. Like you can't compare the 1980s or 90s to now because right. we, we were watching games on tube TVs about this big, and now you can get a 65-inch TV for out of a Cracker Jack box, practically. Um, so <laughs> you need to make the experience that much better to get people to go. And you can't ask someone who's of my vintage what 
20-somethings want because I'm not a 20-something. You need to go to those people and say, what is it that is going to get you to come, get your friends to come? What do you want to see about live sports? Do you even like live sports? What do you not like about it? That kind of thing. And I think that the more you engage those people, and I think that's what we're starting to see, especially with Victor Cuey now on board, is them engaging all groups, um, both, you know, whatever your gender is, whatever your, your racial background is, whatever your religion is, everyone is getting asked why they will want to come to a game. And I think that's an amazing first step. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know Kayla, you've kind of gone a little, like you've had season seats and then not, and then yes. And because it, it, you've been in different spots and things like that. But as, as the younger of the the three of us, because I think Ed's still a bit younger than you, but still as the younger of the three of us, um, how 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 are you feeling about that and how are you feeling about that that event part of being at a game well i mean honestly for me it's it's the football that matters so i'm very biased in my opinion because i will go regardless because it's the football that i want to go to and i have friends there and it's it's on a different level but it is it's a constant battle to actually have friends and family want to go so even in that, I'm still struggling to find the answer. So I, I don't even know how an organization can do it. And like, I, I'm the same with you guys. I don't know how to relate to a 20 year old. I hardly know how to relate to anybody my age. Like, I, I, I'm with you guys. I'm an old soul. I don't get it. I don't know. What's Twitter? No, I'm just kidding. But it's, I mean, it's, it's a really, it's complicated. And, and for me, like, I, I've had season tickets for the last couple of years, but obviously last year I didn't just given the scope of things and not knowing what was going to happen and obviously moving outside of the city. But for me, it's just about the football. But if there was that experience, and like I had said, when I was allowed on, on the field to, to take photographs and that energy that I felt, which I had never experienced before, that alone would personally drive me to go to every single game. Because it was so electric and I could feel it in my bones, that energy. So, I mean, I think having Victor alone on board and seeing what he's doing already is going to be huge leaps forward. Just because he's trying. And when you actually put in the effort, people automatically will tend to um, be attracted to that. So, the excitement in just what is going to happen, I think, is a really big driving force right now. I don't know how to maintain it. I'm no expert, but um, I think it's a really good step forward just getting the right people in as far as the fan aspect. So yeah, I mean, as I, I don't know how, but if so far they're <laughs> doing great. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. And, and there's like nothing really announced. It's just because he's reaching out and that's an, an amazing already. Okay. Well, and, and that I agree. Like the, the things that uh, that Victor is doing or sound amazing. And uh, one of the things Ed in, in your thread was talking about um, cheap tickets and talking about how, how do you get that person that now wants to be a season seat holder? And they had the promotion over family day weekend, 72 hours, $99 season tickets. Uh, the Monday, supposedly the most season tickets they have sold in one day in franchise history. Um, wow. Yeah. So I saw that. What? So what, were you, did when you saw that? Were you like, "See, I was right." <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, if it's, I mean, I would have quote of, tweeted myself and been like, "See, that's all." Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just like. It, I thought it was such an awesome promotion. I just remember seeing folks mention like, "Yeah, my my parents got his their first set the upper deck seats, like top of the stadium for ninety nine bucks for the year." And that's where I'm like, brilliant. Like those seats are empty now. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to, I just think Commonwealth stadium holds 56,000 people. So if you're ever at a point where, where you're at, you know, 35, what's been a big game at Commonwealth the last couple of years, 38, maybe 36 when Saskatchewan comes to play a few years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I think that, I think the biggest that we probably had was that 2015 West final. Right, because didn't we have forty-two at that game, Mike? Yeah, I think. Yeah, we've yeah. had a few since uh, we got to like sixty thousand when Saskatchewan came about ten years ago, right. but since then, yeah, it's in the forties. 
at yeah. most. Yeah. So, I mean, those seats are sitting empty. So if you can find any way to get some people in those seats and you get an extra 2000, it feels a little bit more full for everybody involved. I just think like as an organization, I, and I don't know the details of this budget, but if I am, if I get a $99 season ticket and that's at a huge discount for what that seat would normally sell, but that seat normally doesn't get sold on game day, I'm probably over the course of a year buying way more in food and grabbing a beer or grabbing something like that as an organization, mm-hmm. which like, we know the CFL is all the money that comes into the, t- into the club comes from ticket sales and comes from concession, right? It's not a huge TV contract like it is in the NFL. So like, that's where you got to prioritize. And I think all of that, like just getting somebody in the door, even if you're given a ticket away for free. And this was one of the things I heard from a lot of people. It's like, well, why would you ever give tickets away for free? It's like, cause the seat's empty. If you don't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And right. you get somebody in there, they're spending more than the 30 bucks for the ticket on grabbing a burger, having a beer, grabbing some popcorn, buying a 50, 50 ticket. You know what I mean? Maybe a so, Jersey, you know, maybe a yeah, hat. buy some gear. I just, yeah, I think getting people into the stadium is like your number one priority. And so if that means you're taking a loss on the ticket or discounting the tickets heavy, that's fine. You just need to try and fill the place. Well, and I think we saw, like I was just talking about that West final, but that, yep. I think for the three of us, probably the four of us, I'm sure you were there at, but that that was the most electric crowd that I had been in, in a, for a very long time in Commonwealth. And it was just... Totally. You... Like Kayla said, you could feel it in your bones and it was just like, okay, so yeah, get people in one way or another, because then some of them are going to be like, wow, this is, this is got really fun. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, and, and yeah, you're right. The, the football stuff on the field, they've, they've made some changes to make that better as well. And although I, I never want to sit here and go, yeah, we're going to go from a, you know, a three win season to a, you know, Totally. 17 game season win season because you know i'm not ryan 18 and um, 0 18 and 0 in a great cup that's right 20 and 0 that's right um but uh but you know that that will start to go in the right direction but if you have people there and i thought this was a really really good point that that victor's like okay let's let's get people in the door let's get them to love it and then we can then we can go from there but let's not take mm-hmm. advantage of it the one thing further to our our conversation a second ago is that this is the first step in getting people in the door i'm wondering and i i know when i get a chance to i'm going to ask him this question but then do you have plans for the people who have been season ticket holders for 10 15 20 30 40 years right because it's great that you have the 99 dollars and you're getting people in the door that's awesome we want to have a big crowd that's part of the Mm -hmm. reason we go but how do you recognize those people who have already, you know, like my seats are not $99 and that's okay. Cause I yeah. know where they are. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I like I've, but I've shelled out that money for a number of years. So is there a different, is there going to be some recognition there? I feel like Victor will do that. Does Does anybody mm-hmm. else feel that? I hope so. That was yeah, one of the reasons why so. I didn't actually get season tickets last year is I didn't find there was any reason to. Mm-hmm. Quite simply, like if I don't want to go, I'm not going to waste a ticket then because I'm a little bit further of a distance, but I don't have that incentive to actually be there. Right. Uh, Now, Mike, you remember the days when we had the season ticket holders, they came and you would get like a book or a hat or, you know, like something with it, like a seat or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, do do you think we go back that way? Yeah, I think Paul Reckner said it best. I mean, he and I both were living on Vancouver Island as former expat Edmontonians. Um, And he still has his season seats the whole time he's been there. I got them the last three years I was in Victoria. Um, Just because he said it's like membership in a club, like a fairly exclusive club where you are part of something and then you can get to go to see a few games etc and it it really the last few years hasn't felt like that it has felt like you're not 100 percent taken for granted but mm-hmm. they're so busy chasing um the people that aren't coming that they're sort of neglecting the people that are there it's the the meme of the the 
boyfriend and girlfriend where the guy is looking back at a different girl. And it almost feels like that was the, the Edmondson football club looking at the whoever, whether it's the millennials or maybe it's Generation Z now or whoever, and ignoring the people who have been fans for a long time. Mm-hmm. And with less and less physical things coming to the house we don't have tickets anymore we don't get the little pocket schedules we don't get whatever they used to send the stickers magnets um, yeah magnets schedules. magnet oh. schedules absolutely oh, come on. um i mean people that have seen the room behind me know that i tend to like those physical things um weird yeah it's yeah, it's not very well known um <laughs> But you need to give something that makes you feel like, yes, I'm getting something for being a season ticket holder. I'm being recognized for being a season ticket holder, only other than occasionally. Well, if you get to 25 years, you get your name on this little plaque on the wall that no one's probably mm-hmm. going to see. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm, I'm five years away. I'm almost there. There you go. I'm almost, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, another thing that's going on with the Elks that I am really liking how they're getting better at teasing stuff. And yeah. Ed, you talked about this earlier. Uh, they teased an announcement announcement coming on March 3rd, which then Mike, you pointed out to me is, you know, three, three, which is E E backwards. I'm like, Oh, this is all happy a coincidence. Yeah. Um, now there was a little helmet in the background of that tease. Um, so we ran a poll just because Mike and I were arguing over what's going to be. No, I'm kidding. That's not the only reason why I was curious uh, to say, what do you think it's going to be on the third? And so our, the answers were uh, either a new helmet design, a new uniform design, both a helmet and uniform design or a retro outfit. So Ed, you said earlier that you, you thought it might be more. What, what do you think it's going to be on the third? And it, this is exciting that we actually have something that we're yeah. talking about in March. Yeah, that alone, right? It's something that's building a bit of hype, like these little announcements, right? I think it's really cool. Um, I think it's a uniform, personally. Okay. I, I, I saw the video of uh, Mookie Mitchell and David Beard getting the, they, you could see their reaction to it. Yeah, And uh, there's just something the way, maybe it's knowing Dave a little bit better. Um, just something about his reaction. I've seen, I've seen it when we were younger and we got like new gear, like, like the new t-shirts and sweaters and stuff in the locker room. And you're a broke university student. You're pretty excited to have something new to wear to class. So I, I saw that same reaction, I think on Dave's face. Um, so yeah, I think that was, I think that was it. And I, I could see it being some kind of like throwback element or just like a slight redesign, something along those lines, but I'm pretty pumped for it no matter what oh that's all now mike you tell me what you think i don't know no <laughs> um if you watch the, the same video thing. and I, Moody as, comes around he's looking up and that's mike says something different yes yeah well if you watch the video frame by frame as the insane people do um <laughs> you can actually see the in the corner of the frame they're holding a helmet uh, the helmet has the old 80s, 70s to 90s striping, where it is mm-hmm. the uh, white stripe with the green stripes on the outside versus, or uh, yeah, uh, yeah, white stripe with the green stripes on the outside versus the five stripes they've had since 1996. Um, and it looks like an old school sort of faded green, grayish green um, logo with white writing, um, which is sort of a retro kind of look. Um, Victor Kiwi did post a video uh, from a CH Cafeteria, which is run by uh, Diego V. Montes, who we will be talking about later, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and in that, you could actually see the new EE logo they developed in June this last year on uh, in that sort of color scheme on a helmet with that striping. Uh, when you look at the David Beard video, you can actually see that helmet hanging on the locker behind him. Oh, oh I Every didn't catch that. Did you just circle that on the picture you sent me? But okay. No, I didn't. No, and I'm not something for the people. I'm not really um, good at, at to hunt and find, obviously. I'm and like, none it's of David Beard. Include, none of the teasers about. have included a uniform. It's all been helmet. And the last thing is, if you look at the helmet and the teasers, they all have a black face mask, they which do. we've never used. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's interesting. All right, Kayla, what did you think it was from the teasers? Well, yeah, just the video that they posted a couple hours ago of David Beard. 
Mm-hmm. You can't grab a jersey the way that he's grabbing that <laughs> fuzzied out thing. <laughs> so, I mean, they'd be very skilled if he did. <laughs> and flipping it around uh, as such. But, I mean, who knows? It's definitely a helmet. You can tell by the video. Um, mm-hmm. But it could be both. Could be both. Who knows? Yeah, I'm going with I said both right from the get go, but that was so we'll see. Now, our fans, uh, 54% of the 120 people that answered the the poll. Thank you very much for joining in on the fun. Uh, 54% said both helmet and uniform. So when we'll see if they're right, when Mike is correct on Thursday, we'll all send Mike. OK, fine. You're right. It was just a helmet. Fine. Oh, where's my uniform? May not be. Yeah. There's going to be a new uniform. There has there to be. be. Yes. I just don't know if they're going to do it now. They might be like, here's the helmet. And then in a month, month and a half, they'll be like, right. and here's the new uniform. So they yeah. can spread it out mm-hmm. and yeah. get people talking so they have stuff to talk about. Plus, I think you're not going to buy a helmet as a fan. Like, they aren't available. But you can buy yeah. a new jersey. And they're going to want to have that closer to when it can be sold. And that they're going to want to do that when there are players in the field. So I think when we had the last one, not the the first Elks one, but we had the change in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that right before training camp. And yes. the same with the one mm-hmm. before that in 2013, like these were 2012, right before training camp. So that it maximized, here's the players on the field wearing the new jerseys. Now go in the store and buy it. Done. Yeah. Take my money. Take right. my money. Yeah. Anything with the the EE, I'm just like, take it. I want yeah. it all. <laughs> You're all set to go. That's it. Kayla's like, yeah, please. Just uh, uh, just ready to do it all. Yeah. All of it. I'm lining up for the locker room sale tomorrow. So <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. I know. All right. Fine. Um, Ed, tell me any other things that you have in, in mind on the fan engagement side, because you, like I said, there's lots of good ideas to get people in. Mm-hmm. What do you think should happen at the game? Uh, before I get to that, there was one that I saw yesterday that Victor shared on Twitter that I thought was brilliant. He talked about doing a massive like bike fix-up, spring yes. fix-up at Commonwealth, and he tagged City of Edmonton, he tagged Bike Edmonton, a bunch of these different stakeholders that probably do a lot of the same stuff but have never been brought together and just like finding ways to connect those people and like i think that's such a cool idea of just making it mm-hmm. that the first time a brand new fan comes to commonwealth for a football game that's not the first time they've been to commonwealth you know making that a familiar destination to people i think that's really cool um Brilliant. Yeah. in terms of the game day stuff i i don't know i i'm i'm fit into the same box as the group of you. I go there to watch the football. I love being there with a big group of people. I, I've sat with my dad where like we barely talked and we, like the only thing we were communicating about was like what was happening on field. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Um, I don't have an in-game. I think like concession prices is something I'm always really curious about. Uh, the whole like happy hour before kickoff. I think that's a good start. I remember reading about the Atlanta Falcons when they opened their new stadium. They they slashed concession prices because they said our priority isn't making a bunch of money on the concessions, but it's a little bit of a different model for a football team in Edmonton as it is for a football team down in Georgia. So I think that's something that could be explored or I think that's an area that might be something really interesting for season ticket holders too. just saying like every game you have a credit for concession, something along those lines, right? That's something that you don't have to use it yourself. You can just hand it off. It's a $25 card. We send you one for each week at the beginning of the season. That's kind of an incentive to make sure you're using the tickets you can hand them out as you like. But I think something along those lines would be really cool or whether it's like different gear stuff like that. Again, kind of like Mike said, what do we do that makes a unique experience that I don't think, you know, and I I never want it to sound like I think Edmonton season ticket holders are a really picky group and a lot of me, me, me people. I think there is, but there is something really important about recognizing, like, we know you've been a part of this community for a really long time. We want to have your back on that. Here's a small something we can do that, you know, doesn't break the bank for us. It's a kind gesture and it shows that we're thinking of you. And I think something along those lines would be really powerful for a lot of people on the day of experience. Yeah. I would love just a hot dog, man. Yeah. (laughs) Free dog. Give me food. I'm happy. I'm so glad you said hot dog. Anyway, um, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, um, I think, Mike, you and I have even talked about this before, where it would be cool if they, if they, (laughs) you're just assuming that you want a hot dog. Yeah. Um, But if they, if they did like a shirt that you could, that said, 
season seat holder. Yeah. And you could only get it if you were a season seat holder. And then totally. when you're wearing it at the stadium, people are like, well, how, how do I get that cool shirt? Oh, I, I see. I have to be a season mm-hmm. seat holder. Like, I would love to see some promotions like that, that then when you're, when you're in, uh, you're right. Like, we don't want to be vain and all those things. But when you're in the club, don't it's be- like, I've been in the club forever. Like, yeah. I, that's why I got one of these. I got this shirt. That I got this shirt. Like, this is amazing. Like, uh, you know, not many people get one of those shirts. Um, That's true. So I think I, I really like that idea of like, okay, do do something that makes those people stand out and then want you to be part of the club. How do I get to be part of the club, right? So, um, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, we're going to hold off on our fan cues until overtime, uh, but we'll grab a couple with Ed before he has to take off. Uh, but uh, Mike, do you want to do some hoard and tell? Sure. Um, All right. I'm going to, because I am the senior most person on on the podcast, sounds again, I have the most gray. Um, I thought I'd go back even older than me um, and kind of look back at an era that really doesn't get talked about, and that's the pre-green and gold era. So prior to World War II, we had uh, a different color scheme, and we even had different names going back that far. So um, some of the things I have picked up from the 1930s include old programs, which are some of my first loves of collecting. I love the papers. I love the stuff you can hold, um, but especially stuff you can read, whether it's the backs of trading cards or programs, pocket schedules, etc. So I'm going to kind of pull a few out from back then and, and go over those. So the first one is the um, newest one of this set, and this is the 1939 team. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully you can see that. Yes? No? Anyone? Beautiful. So this is the 1939 program. This is one versus the Regina Rough Riders. Uh, Let's see if I can get to the center of it here. Um, And back then they were, again, just Regina. There's the lovely lineup page. You can sort of see the Edmonton and Regina clubs. Uh, This is back when uh, we wore blue and white and Regina wore black and red. So hardly recognizable for, to what we did at the time. So Um, going back another year is 1938. So Mm. this is us versus Calgary. The programs uh, themselves, mostly full of ads, but they did have some stories and things like that. Uh, The stories pretty much repeated uh, program to program you mostly bought them back then just for the lineup page so again you can sort of see the the edmondson eskimos versus the calgary bronx Whoa. again everyone had sort of different names bronx. back then yeah <laughs> that's a way better name than stampeders I oh absolutely <laughs> they were the awesome. for that the altomas they had different names like we did and speaking of different names can we um, please call these... them the bronx on this podcast for now on sure the Calgary I think we should, yeah. Especially when I Ryan's so. on. Yeah, be perfect. Yes. Uh, he'll think it's a nickname. Um, and then these are two <laughs> I just picked up last week. Uh, I've been waiting for these for a long time. Uh, so this is one from the Calgary Bronx Stadium. And this is from 1937. Uh, Edmondson had folded after the 1932 season, the Eskimos, and came back in 38 and 39, which is those two programs. So prior to that, they had a couple of different clubs uh, with different names. And this is from, again, the Calgary Bronx versus the Edmonton AC or Edmonton Athletic Club. Um, wow. I don't know if sort of make it out here. Uh, there's a number 17, I think. That's 17 there. Hopefully you can see. Uh, it's a little blurry still. You're going to have to tell us. Anyway, number 17 is someone named Hart, whose first name was Stuart. And oh. I think anyone that's followed wrestling knows who Stu Hart is. He was our center in 1937. And then the backup in 38 and 39 as well. So he played with the awesome. club. Uh, finding anything from the Edmonton Athletic Club who only played the one year is exceptionally tough. Uh, and then the oldest one I have is this is from 1936, also from Calgary against the Bronx. And this is probably the most unusual name we had in 35 and 36. We were the Edmonton High Grads. High Grads. Wow. High Grads. Yeah. Very threatening. Uh, <laughs> yes. Doesn't it sound like something that would, it's almost as good as in hockey, the Kenora Thistles. Nothing strikes me <laughs> quite like getting whipped by a, a rose. Um, but yeah, know, have so you ever this, stepped on a thistle? 
That's that's true. I mean, well, really. we should be Edmonton Legos. I'm just saying. That's um, what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would so love that, by the way. These kind of things do not come up very often at all. Um, they were great back in the day. Lots of photos of, of the home team kind of thing. But, um, yeah, if you can find any 1930s Alberta programs, they're they're worth their weight in gold for sure. So these are the probably the pride of my, my uh, collection in the last year so. I thought I'd show them off. That's awesome. It's very, so cool. very cool. Yeah, Mike. those are super cool, Mike. That's, that's that's amazing. And and we get a chance to call them the Bronx from now on, which is outstanding. As we should. That's, that's yeah. very important. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, I'm sorry for the beginning of that. I was adjusting all of my mic cords to see if it would make it sound any it's good better. Good to adjust we'll, yourself. We'll yep. See see how it works. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Uh, let's talk about the roster. <laughs> the best part is when Kayla reacts. This is fantastic. Yes. Um, Let's talk about some of the roster moves that were made this week um, or in the last couple of weeks, I guess I should say. Uh, the Elks did sign quarterback Keon Howard. So we've now got six quarterbacks coming into camp. Um, Ed, being the running back, you've you've dealt with a lot of different quarterbacks. You, you've seen what the list is. Yeah. Who, who do you think's playing quarterback for the Elks this year? I yeah I I don't want to make a prediction. I'm okay. very I'm very noncommittal when it comes to like roster who's going to play where. I I having known like known a little bit for athletes that have played for Jones and like how he likes to run his team. I it's going to be a really really competitive training camp. That's the number one priority. Yes. Like doesn't matter your pedigree, doesn't matter what you've done the last year or where you came from. You just got to show up and play football. And I think that's going to be really cool to watch. So. Yeah, I can't make I can't make predictions there. I'm not, and I'm the last person you need to ask about who's the best tactical quarterback or who's the right leader in the, like that. I don't know who that person is right now, but um, I can't wait to have so, you back in the season when we do pickums. So, what team's going to win? He's like, oh, know. terrible. <laughs> that kind of that. Oh, it'll be so much fun. Um, the uh, oh, let's see. Now we did today. We resign or we didn't resign. We signed wide receiver Martavis Bryant. Um, now. How do you feel about that super fan? He was a Steeler before. Big fan. I mean, he was supposed to come to play for Toronto uh, last year, had some problems uh, apparently uh, getting his passport in order uh, or at least getting across the border. Hopefully that's been fixed. But I mean, anytime you can have the good black and gold coming over, that's a great thing, right? <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Yes, I'm sure. Um <laughs> I am so glad it's a video podcast. That's fantastic. Thank you. Wow. I, know. I had to get the shot at the good black and gold, right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my. Uh, they also signed global kicker. Now I'm going to try this. Uh, Yhan Vanderwright, I believe is how you say it. Um, and uh, what is nickname? Uh, Turbofoot. No. Rocket foot. Rocket foot. Thank you. I didn't write it down. I'm like, he kicked an 80 meter field goal in practice. So that's 90 yards. Okay. Well, I mean, no defensive people coming at him, but still. But still, I mean, if he makes the team, we know what the next pod t shirt is. (laughs) Rocket foot. Come on. That's a no brainer. (laughs) It is. I was like, when Quaku said Earthquaku, I'm like, that's the shirt. That was like, there's not even a, wasn't even a thought about that. Uh, They also signed offensive lineman Brandon Smith coming back for his second round with the Elks and uh, defensive back DeQuaylin. Is that what we're going to go with? Yeah, let's go with that. DeQuaylin Thomas. When I first read that, I thought, is this this a Key and Peele thing? Are they just trying to, (laughs) trying to, I I don't want to make fun of the poor guy. I just, it was like, wow, I didn't think I'd ever see that. Is it? Jamarius. Oh, anyway, I, I, we could go on and on with the key and peel ones. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic. Uh, on the unfortunate side, of course, when with signings comes releases. Uh, defensive back Malik Clements um, and offensive line Jahir Jones. And then today, all of our global players <laughs> that we had, uh, including Diego Viamontes, who is a friend of the pod and, uh, and was really always very good to us. And I know Mike, you see him a lot at CH Yeah, and uh, I'm glad that he has CH and I hope that that's good. I hope that means they can stay here and continue with CH. And, um, but uh, yeah, that, that was a tough one for, for all of us on the pod for sure. Uh, Maxime Roy as well. And uh, Thibaut Dubai all, uh, all released today. So uh, you'd have to think that there's a global player that, uh, 
I don't know when the global draft is, but that's probably coming up. Same in day as our draft. Oh, is it the exact same? They day? announced that it'll be the same day. Okay, not the same time, but the same day. So you have to think that Jones has got some uh, an insight on another global guy or two, or he's a big fan of Steven Nielsen. Maybe true. So. Yeah, that's that is a possibility. Who did well. play with thirteen games this last year? So yeah, maybe he did enough that he liked the way his progress is going. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's a. It's a great game, lousy business, we've often said. Um, I think, I mean, Diego's in his 30s, 31, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew that this wasn't something he's going to be doing for the next decade. Uh, so I'm sure he, as well as anybody who plays the game you know, on the north side of 30, knows that they're going to have to make plans for their time after football. And he's an incredibly smart man, so I'm sure he already had plans A, B, C, and D already in mind before he got that call on Saturday night saying that, you know, bring your, your playbook coach wants to see you. So, um, yeah, selfishly, I hope that no matter what happens, he stays, but you never know. Maybe he will see him on another team. I would hate to see him being putting on, you know, red or other green, but we'll always cheer for him whenever he's on the field and just not against us. So (laughs) So that's how it works. Absolutely. This episode is also brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start a fund on your own or with a group. And when it gets to $10,000, it can start distributing funds. You can learn more at ecfoundation.org. That's ecfoundation.org. Thank you so much for joining us to uh, talk about uh, the Elks and, and things that, uh, that you see going on and, and your history. Uh, we'd love to have you back during the season to talk more about uh, the game aspect and, and from your your vision of, of being able to see it as a player. Um, I would love to have you back to talk more about that. But uh, tell everybody where they can follow you when you uh, when you have your, your next long Twitter thread that we can all talk about it. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, thank you all, the three of you. I am always blown away when I get to talk to fans that are like so passionate about the team. Like, just hearing all of your experiences, what you've seen, all of that. It's super, super cool for me. It's really refreshing for somebody who's been around the game for a long time just to hear about people that like dearly, dearly love it, that have a little bit of a different relationship than a former player. So that's really cool. Um, if you need to find me on Twitter, it's at Edward L. Nicky. You'll be able to find it. Um, on there i'm all over the place i'm a politics guy i am a sports guy i am a video game guy you'll be able to find something but yeah find me there uh you can find me on instagram too just search search my name there and you'll be able to give me a chat if you ever want to chat football or you want to chat anything outside of it too always down for always down for a conversation so just send me a message oh that that's awesome What, what video game are you playing i should ask uh, it's. I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends lately. Oh, okay. I heard it was pretty anyone, good. Yeah, I heard if it was anyone, good. if anyone ever, yeah, if there's anybody out there, feel free to feel free to let me know. I'm always looking for somebody to squad up with, and it's, it is the when you stop playing competitive sports, you got to channel some of that <laughs> elsewhere. And I found competitive competitive video games is a little bit like that. I'm not saying I'm very good, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, super fan. Where does everybody find you? They can find me at 56 Parkies, and then, of course, they can find the history segment, and we'll be getting some more pictures of stuff like this out at the Edmonton Football History account on Twitter at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Wonderful. Commissioner? I, I don't know how you find me. Sometimes I can't even find myself. It's <laughs> fair. You could try on Twitter um, at Duchess Lombardi. I'm definitely more active once football starts, but, you know, when football ends, I like to take take a step back and enjoy real life and not uh, not stay on social media so much, right? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But I might have to pop on tonight just to see that Star Trek stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go, go see it. Yeah. You Jimmy know. McDaniels, killing it for us. That's your girl's, like, avenue right there. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, all right. And you can find me at Free Felicious, uh, which, of course, is up and running once again. Uh, our Alberta Podcast Network shout out this week goes to Makeshift Stories. Hmm, this might be something you would like, Kayla. Uh, it's an independently produced sci-fi, fantasy, and speculative speculative fiction podcast for all ages. Um, it's, there's a new show out every two weeks. Uh, you can find that and many other great pods at Alberta Podcast Network. 
www.pitchfork.com. Of course, also follow our friends at Pay It Forward with Football. They are getting ready for the season as well uh, with lots of exciting things coming. And join in the huddle with us at the Turf District. You can find that on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Uh, And we hope to get a little more going on our Instagram in the next little bit here as uh, we kind of get things rolling. But obviously, we're still, you know, trying to deal with a video feed and all those fun things. But uh, make sure that you (laughs) make sure that you engage with us there because we'd love to meet with you. Um, We will... um if you're on YouTube Live, uh, stick with us for overtime, uh, where we're going to take some more fan questions and, and chat a little bit more. Um, otherwise, we will be back in two weeks. And in two weeks, we are going to welcome the new president of the Elks football team, Victor Kui, onto the show to chat about uh, some of his plans for the upcoming season. I am super excited about that. Not only just to ask him those questions, but also just to get the energy, because it's yeah. very, very contagious and uh, i'm excited to talk to him so it, it's going to be a blast um so for ed superfan mike commissioner kayla i'm andrew remember you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely talk to you in two weeks thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter 